Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Like, I feel honored. Natari asking me to be on her podcast. Girl, yes. When I saw your post about like things I wish I would have known, I was like, this ties in perfectly um, for what I'm doing this month, you know, focusing on education. So anyone who has missed any past episodes on the podcast, um, we started with early childhood and then yesterday we did middle school. So now we're doing college life. And, you know, even though I have a middle schooler, I feel like, you know, this information is relevant to me. You know, the sooner, the better. And the more you know, the better. Absolutely. So I'm going to do a quick intro and then we'll hop right into it. Okay. Okay. All right. So welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host and sister in Christ, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. And I help millennial moms declutter and organize their thoughts so they can achieve total life harmony without losing themselves. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right. So, I'm going to introduce my special guest today. Now, real quick, I know it's a whole Southern thing for that last name. Is it McKeever or McIver? McIver. <laughs> my granddaddy's always taught me it's McIver, but I mean, it's not, I don't get offended either way, but I just remember my granddaddy always being like, your last name is McIver. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to be sure I was politically correct here. So we have the wonderful Miss Carmen McIver. And she currently serves as a director of new student experience at the University of District of Columbia. Shout out to my hometown. Um, She has a bachelor's degree in sociology and communications, as well as a master's degree 
and Master of Education in Student Development. She has eight years of experience, so definitely knows what she's talking about here. Um, and she is a first-generation college graduate. That is amazing. Um, Carmen has a passion for helping underrepresented groups succeed in their higher educational journeys. She designed a peer mentor program for ethnic minorities and first-generation students on her campus in her sophomore year of school. <laughs> you good, girl. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Um, she was later hired to work for communities and schools in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she led a team to produce college prep programming for junior and senior high school students. That is so dope to me. Um, then she moved to Dallas, Texas to work in offices such as accessibility, student engagement, student success, and inclusive excellence. And now, um, as I shared before, Carmen currently works in the Office of Student Success as a Director of New Student Experiences, as she continues to work with first-generation college students and help them excel in their academic careers. So we have someone special here, definitely, to talk about all things college. And I'm excited for this because I did not go off to a four-year college, so I don't have a lot of information. My mom did graduate from a four-year college, I will say that, um, but it kind of stopped at her. So I'm excited to learn today, all right? <laughs> so when it comes to preparing for college, Carmen, how soon should families start planning and what are some things that they can do to prepare? Well, I feel like financially, you're never too early, right? Like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, college, unfortunately, is one of those things where it's going to get it's going to get more expensive. So financially, I feel like you can start as soon as you want to really, um, as a parent, but as far as kind of prepping for what college is and what college life looks like, these are definitely discussions I feel like parents should be having when their child is in middle school because, and I say that because when a college is looking at an application and when they're looking at a student's journey, they look at ninth grade through 12th grade. They're not, you know what I'm saying? Like in some schools, maybe even look a little deeper into that, but they're looking at all four years. And so while I feel like, you know, a student may can start off high school really rough and maybe change, you know, throughout, like that's cool, but they're still thinking about what you did from ninth through 12th grade. So as far as, you know, the college conversation and what, or, and how your child kind of, you know, wants to make sure they're having the habits, um, whether it be study habits or, you know, how they apply themselves in school, that's a conversation I feel like that can be had in eighth, like in the middle, like in middle school, seventh to eighth grade, so that by the time they get to ninth grade, they know, oh, it's it's game time now. Everything I do from now on until the time I graduate, somebody is recording it and they're looking at it to make a decision based off of what I'm doing. So I think those conversations early, like in middle school, is really helpful for a student. Yes. And I love how you touched on like just the whole mindset thing of it, because I feel like, you know, teachers kind of um, give us that warning, like, you know, in ninth grade, they ain't going to take this and 10th grade, they ain't going to take this. Like they're always talking about that next level that's not going to take our mess. Um, so I do feel that. But I do love how you're talking about like 
the mindset of it, like studying, preparing, because this is like money for you to learn. Mm -hmm. Like, and we just uh, said that it's not cheap. (laughs) Like, you're not about to be in here just missing assignments if you don't have the work ethic Mm -hmm. to keep up with college. And I think that's really something... um, like you said, that can start in middle school. Are you turning in your assignments on time here? Are you completing your work here for free? <laughs> right? So for free. <laughs> Are you doing this for free? So right. Right. Like that matters. So I think that's really um something and a point that I'm gonna point out to my son. I know that was um there was just one particular class last year that he struggled in. Um, where the work, where the issue was because of work not being turned in. So I, I'm going to try to connect that to college with him. Like, okay, well, what are your resources that you can reach out to? Who can help you? Tutors, things like that to get this stuff in and complete it. <laughs> but that's really important that you're telling him like, okay, well, who do we need to reach out to? What resources do you have? Because a lot of times like our students, like students, I see it all the time, every day, a student will come to college and they'll be like, man, I'm struggling in calculus. Okay, well, tutoring is free. Like, you know, go to the tutoring center or, you know, talk to somebody in your class. What Maybe they have notes that you don't have, mm-hmm. and you, you know, stuff like that. Like, those are the things, again, I say, just preparing for those students in the middle school and high school. Think of, and again, all those resources, I'm sure, are free, at least in high school and middle mm-hmm. school. Yeah. <laughs> I would think, I um so in those times like yes like if you don't know that's cool nobody's expecting you to have the answer and and there are some subjects that students it's just hard you know I'm not a science girl like I'm not I'm not good at science honestly I mean and I'm 30 years old and I'm still not good at science I'm really I'm just not I can't retain information very well but if somebody was to say okay Carmen I need you to put together a science something you know I'd be like resources because I know I couldn't do it by myself so already having those conversations of like when you don't know you need to know who you can go to like those are tools that a student should have when they go to college or when they're trying to go to college yes and honestly girl that's like an overall life skill for real because I think about when I moved out I had my son at 17 I moved out at 19 I didn't know about paying bills, like where to go for a light bill, um, rent. I didn't realize it had to be a money order. What is a money order? Like, you know, I just didn't do those things, but I had the, I guess, the common sense to ask for help or seek out resources. And um, I will say, I feel like a lot of our Black men or our young men Mm. kind of rely on somebody else is going to handle it so I don't have to figure it out. Right. Um, and there may be some girls too. You never know. I don't want to be gender biased, but you know, I see it most likely in our young men that they just kind of fall back and chill and oh, somebody else will handle it. But that's definitely something I'm trying to install in my son, like to speak up and advocate. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you, it's math for me. My limit <laughs> is like maybe fourth grade math. Like <laughs> after that, baby, I, I can't help you. And we got to connect you with who yeah. can. <laughs> It's really like that. Like, and the thing is, I I tell students all the time, even because I talk to high schoolers as well. If you don't know in a high school, that's cool. That doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get to college and know it. Like, you're not gonna all of a sudden know it. But you can you have resources and you have people in your corner who can be like, okay, this is how I can help you. You know, so 
Yes. And as the old school saying go, you know them song lyrics and stuff like that. You'll look up the lyrics to songs. Baby, you can you can find out some information. You can. You really can. You can figure this out, okay? So um, how can families decide if their child should go to a two-year college, um, either versus a four-year college, or I know some people do two-year college and then transfer to a four-year college? What do you what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, and when I when I saw this question, I was like, that's a really good question because I'm not a parent by any means. So I, I want to make that disclaimer to your audience. I do not have any children, <laughs> but um, one thing I do see with the students who are coming in and the, the, um, one of the cool things, I guess, about the institution I work at is that we do have a four-year program, but we also have a two-year program. And, um, so I'm able to see both. Um, and I think two years, I'm such an advocate for two years now that I'm older and I've worked in higher education. Um, one of my main reasons for going to a four-year when I graduated high school was really just to kind of get out of the house. I don't think it had anything to do with like being, like not wanting to go to two-year. I think it just had everything to do with, I wanted to be in a new city and I knew I wanted to get out of the house. So I went to a four-year school. But two years, number one, are cheaper. And I really hate when students feel bad about going to a two-year school. Because I'm like, you can essentially leave with an associate and no debt. And like, That's my testimony. <laughs> you can leave and not have any debt. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't care what anybody says. Now, granted, like, I know I work in education, but, and this is not to knock four year, but it's just like, trade is the new thing. You know what I'm saying? And getting those certificates is a new thing. And so I feel like, whether you're a student who you feel like you're absolutely ready to tackle on a four mm-hmm. year, or you're kind of like, I barely made it out of high school. I don't know if I would, you know, whether you're that student, mm-hmm. you know, either or student, I love two year idea, like, you know, the idea of a two year because you can go in there, get your associates, leave with no debt, and still be like, oh, yeah, I'm college educated. And if you decide to transfer to a four year, not only does that two year give you time to find more scholarships but it gives you time to kind of be like okay I'm equipping myself to really go into this four-year program and go to the higher level coursework where because by the time when you transfer like by that time you're in like the you know the level threes and the level fours of classwork like you're in your program whereas your first two years are typically some gen eds right so, but if you, you know, if you went into a two-year and then you transfer to that four, you feel more equipped. You feel kind of like, oh, okay, well, I already did this part. Now I'm really just kind of applying it to my program or my major. And that's a really, really good thing because you already left with no debt. And now you coming in, you feel more equipped, right? Um, now, of course, there's also those students who, who feel like, no, I'm good. I did really good in high school. Maybe they had over a 3.0, 3.5, whatever. Um, and they were prepared. They are, they probably got a chip, you know, to go to school. I don't know, whatever it may be. And I call those the, um, what do we call them? It's like, it's a certain level of student that we call, but like the excited, uh, motivated, self-motivated student, I guess, where you don't really have to tell mm-hmm. in their mind that 
say like, no, I'm going to a four year and I know I can do it. And if that's your if that's your dream, that's your journey, by all means do it. Um, but when I'm talking with parents and when I'm talking to different students, I always look at the high school. Mm-hmm. I always look at what they did in high school. If you were that student that you, you didn't want to come to school, you kind of barely made it, you it took you some time to learn certain subjects. Um, maybe you needed some accommodations for class as well. Like, you know, and it just not not necessarily gonna say struggle through high school, but it took you some time and it took you a lot of resources. I'm always pro two year. Um, because at four year schools, they tend to just kind of throw you in there and you just gotta figure it out, <laughs> right? But two years I believe have a little bit more resources and they also have, there's time for you to figure out, okay, what is it that I want to do and how long, how long, how am I going to go about doing it type thing? I feel like two years give you a little bit more comfort, like comfort when it comes to making those decisions. Um, But like I said, when you're speaking to parents, if you do have that student where they're not necessarily the self-motivated student where it's like you can give them anything and they're just going to do it and they're going to be excelling it, I advocate for two years so hard because everybody, school is not, you know, first of all, school is not for everybody, Mm -hmm. but two, you know, I just feel like, like... school though while everybody is not for school school is for everybody so if you are that person that's like okay I do want to at least get a certificate in something or I do want to get my associates in something um then then then, yeah absolutely do that your program and encourage your student and let your student or your child know this is still college you're just starting off with your basics right here. And then you and then if you want to transfer, cool. If you don't, that's also cool. Um, so that would be my suggestion. I feel like if I had children and they were like, I don't know if I I probably would just be like two year. <laughs> because that really is one of the ways where you can graduate, you can leave with no debt. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's just me. That's just my opinion. <laughs> Yes, and I may be a little biased on this because I personally have two um, two-year degrees. So my first one is in early childhood education, and my second is in um, speech language pathology assistant. Mm-hmm. So I chose that because, like I said, I had my son at 17, and I graduated um, high school early. So I decided, you know, to stay home and do a two-year college instead of going off. Now, let's be clear. Before I got pregnant, I had no college plan, period. No four-year college plan, no two-year college plan. I was just kind of, you know, going through high school, doing whatever. I wasn't looking into scholarships. There was no conversation about college um, in my life. So, I mean, I just shared this yesterday, how I felt like me having my son was that, like, fire of ambition that I needed under me, like, all right, girl, you got to do something with yourself. You got to do something with your life. And I chose early childhood education because my mom was a teacher. We have a history of education in my family. And that was my ultimate goal to be like a teacher assistant and then go to a four-year college to be a teacher mm-hmm. at Fairville State, actually. But something didn't go through with the financial aid stuff. And I was not able to go but God just works like (laughs) so amazing like he literally set up my path and as a result of me being a teacher assistant I connected with the speech therapist 
And she told me about the program at Fayetteville Tech for a speech assistant. And when I say I feel like I'm in my zone, like I love my career. I love it, love it, love it so much. I have no student loan debt at all. I'm using both degrees. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, where do you go, know, girl? Uh, the light. I'm telling you, we, when you don't move for a while. Oh, oh you got the motion. <laughs> We have motion lights in here. <laughs> that is too funny. But um, yes, I have like no student loan debt at all. And I'm using both of my degrees. And that was something that I noticed she pointed out too. Like, we're not just about to be going to four year and not knowing. That's the thing, not knowing what you want to do. And I don't think a lot of people understand that those core classes that you explained are at the two-year college. You can do them there for cheaper and then transfer. And I don't know how many schools have this. I know um, in Sanford, our hometown, they have a program called Lee Early College, where you're in high school, you're going to the community college, but you graduate high school with an associate's degree. And I remember they started that program right when I got to high school. So maybe like 2007. And all I heard was, you're going to be at a college, you're not going to be around your friends, you're not going to be able to do sports or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want that. That But as an adult, girl, (laughs) as an adult, looking back on that, I was like, you know what, that would have been a really dope opportunity. Like, it makes so much sense, like, to take that path, like, I know I have a coworker who both of her sons are in that program and this is his senior year. He'll be graduating with an associates in science. Mm-hmm. Like how for free. For, for free. free. <laughs> for free. And you know what? To add on to that, so many states, and I know North Carolina is one of them. So many states have adopted what's called a promise program. And the promise program is essentially an all it's a last dollar pro it's a last dollar scholar program but what it essentially does is it pays for like after financial aid and everything if you still got to balance up there they will pay for your college and it stays but they they start at the cc level so they start at the community college level but if you're a student and you start at the cc level and you're part of that promise program you can transfer to a four-year and the promise program will still pay for you wow so imagine Imagine if you were an early college high school student, then you started a promise program and then you, you already have your associates and now you're going to go get your bachelor's for free. Mm-hmm. You see, but all of that starts at the CC level. So, and it's, it's just, again, it's wild to me that I turned that down because now that I'm older, I was like, girl, I really socialize. <laughs> some basketball. Like, come on! I could have been you could have I could have went to the park, you know what I'm saying, and played basketball if I wanted to do it that bad. But no, like 100, percent 100. percent It's funny how we look back on it. We be like, why we do that? But why, <laughs> girl, uh, adulting? It'll when you reflect back, even like how we just said, if you can't handle this work for free, like we wanted to be adults so bad. <laughs> so bad and it's so ghetto here it's been ghetto since i've got here <laughs> listen there was a you know i live in dc now and you know, there's like a strike or a protest everywhere right so i was looking at one like just right down the street i'm like oh, okay it's another protest and i was just saying to myself i need to protest being an adult <laughs> how do we do that like <laughs> how we how we sign a 
like protest like you know what i'm gonna strike i don't want to do this anymore i want to pay bills girl the bills and i talk to my kids i have conversations with them like i pray that they are as prepared as they can be because i'm very (laughs) stay in conversation with them i show them my spreadsheet and bills and stuff and then you know the joke in the black home like bills equal authority and and ownership like if you don't pay bills you ain't got no say so so i say that and my daughter's like oh i want to pay bills and i'm like sis you don't know what comes on the other end of that (laughs) there's a pride in paying bills you feel like you can do what you want in your house because every month (laughs) i'm having to show up and pay it's exact (laughs) my paycheck um and i can't even say it's mine it's like Right. Again. I wish we could do bills like every six months, not every month. Or percentages off or something. (laughs) Like if you if you because I feel like I'm a consistent bill payer, it's gonna be on time. Can I get some type of rewards? (laughs) You know how they, you know, (laughs) oil change or coupons for like, you know, all this kind of stuff. I need coupons on my light bill. Coupons on like, oh, you pay rent on time for three months, fourth month free. Yes. Let me get that. I like Period. That. <laughs> Period. So speaking about money and bills and all of this stuff, like how can families find um and access and apply for scholarships? That's a I feel like that's something that um, like I said, was not talked about in my home, but I wouldn't. I don't even think we would have known where to go or what to even do for scholarships. So, what are some some advice you can give for that? I'm actually putting in a a, a what you call it an online okay. um, tool and that it's called FastWeb. So, FastWeb is what helped me land like fifteen thousand dollars or more in scholarships when I graduated high school. And I'm going to tell you what I did because, <laughs> and I love to have these conversations with, with people and with other students because I, this is this is kind of how I thought about it. Whenever, like, I first, I'm in first gen as well. My mother didn't go to school. Um, but I remember, like, going to high school one day. And I we didn't talk about college like that either. But I remember going to school, like, college or whatever, or high school. And um, and suddenly, Miss Vicki Brown, and she was just like, Carmen, where are you going to school? And I was like. And then she asked me, it's my junior year. And I said, what you mean going to school like suddenly? You know, she was like, no, where are you going to college? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not going. Like, you know, because I didn't think I was going to go. Um, she was like, oh, no, you're going to college. You're going to college. You have the grades. You should go to college. And I was like, okay. So I remember coming home telling my mom, like, I want to go to college. And she was like, okay. And so I remember looking at the price of college and remembering and like I remembered also knowing that like that is not how much my mama made a year right so like (laughs) I was seeing college at least the college I went to was um it was like 50 yeah fifty thousand dollars a year and keep in mind I was being raised by a woman who was not making that much Mm -hmm. a year I kept saying to myself how am I gonna do this So I remember saying to myself, okay, I got to find money for school because how else am I going to get there? Mm -hmm. So every Saturday of my senior year, this is no joke. You can ask my mom, my sister, anybody. Every Saturday of my senior 
here. I got on FastWeb and I applied for scholarships. And I didn't care if I didn't get them or not. Like I was applying all of it just because I knew I needed money for school. And so there are scholarships that are even available for students as early as their sophomore year in high school. So as far as that conversation about scholarships, unless your student got a free ride to school, the money, oh, that never stops. The looking for the money, it should never stop. Like never stop because you can always, you can accumulate so so much that even if it does outweigh the bill that you have for school, they will refund it and give it back to you in cash, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say fastweb.com. Another one is Capex. So these are all tools, like, they're kind of like the Google of scholarships. What's going to happen? You dropped that one in the, oh. the chat, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank um, you. And so, so yes, I will, um, I'm going to screenshot and add it to the show notes as well. Yeah. yeah. And so a, lo a lot of times what, what's going to happen is, like, you, you put in your information. You can put in that, hey, I'm a sophomore. I'm, I'm a junior in high school. I'm a senior in high school, whatever. You put your GPA. You can put where you're from. It'll ask you all questions and then from there it'll pull every single scholarship that you qualify for so um some scholarships it's just a simple register click you're done some scholarships it may take okay you have to write a paragraph like you know mm -hmm. an essay or something about it um some of them might ask you to submit like if it's a science scholarship maybe you got to submit proof of your science project i don't know something like that but either way it'll pull hundreds of scholarships that you qualify for based on the demographic that you put in and the information that you put in and then from there you just click and go you apply for the scholarships um and like i said those can start as early as a child being 15 and a sophomore in high school um really <laughs> right. You can really start. You really want to start getting the grind when they're seniors. Um, but you can start that early. And so however much you accumulate, you you all you have to do is tell those scholarships or tell your financial aid office at the college, like, hey, these are the scholarships that were given to me before I got here. You know what I mean? And they will apply that to your um, student account. Um, and then there you go. So. But then even when you get into college, let's just say you still have a student balance or you're still trying to figure out, okay, they telling me I owe 7000 for school. I don't care if it's the first day of school or the second day of school. The money, looking for money should never stop. Like it should yeah. always be on. So, um, and there's different, you know, like deadlines and stuff for scholarships. So it's important mm -hmm. to pay for those. But for the most part, you know, you can look in the summertime, definitely look in the fall, but you can use those um, two websites that I gave you, put your information in, and you can even set it up to where there's notifications coming up on your phone like, hey, this scholarship came available, you want to apply for it, and there you go. Like, that's how you should always be applying for money. Um, now, I know for the students who, like, get those athletic scholarships, and then maybe they got a full ride or... You know, or like maybe some parents even had savings where they were just like, okay, no, we're we going to pay for it. That's cool, too. Um, so that's great. But I always tell my students, if nobody said your school, like if you didn't get a financial aid award letter that said paid for, always search for the money. That's so good. And I will say my son, you know, he plays sports and, you know, just conversations with his dad. Um 
it seems like the only thing we've kind of had in mind is like a hope on a sports scholarship. But I also wanted to be aware of what the other avenues are, not saying that he won't get that, but just to know the other avenues, like, well, what else is out there? I don't want to depend on this one thing and, you know, it not come through or whatever. And then we're all sitting here looking crazy. So I'm so glad that you shared this. I said I was just standing and so the lights didn't go out. I was like, because they got to move. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you um, sharing that. And y'all definitely, if you're on the live, um, get these websites down. Um, I will include them in the show notes on um, the YouTube video and the podcast platform. So be sure to check those out. All right. So when it comes to college life the freshman year this was um your post kind of inspired me (laughs) to um have you on as a guest yes (laughs) so what advice do you have for students who are starting that freshman year of college or what are some things that you wish you would have known I think that was your post like what I wish I would have known in freshman year yeah so listen I my freshman mess okay like my and my grades reflected it that first semester the first semester I just thought college was one big slumber party for real like you know I'm in the dorms with my with new friends I'm two and a half hours away from my mama like it's stuff going you know it's stuff going on everywhere and then I got that good old email because I was on a scholarship when I went to school and I got that good old email. It was like, all right, girl, another one of these semesters and you finna lose your scholarship. So what you finna do? You know, so it got real. Like, it got real um, after my first semester. Now, of course, after the first semester and, you know, a little straight talk from my mama and then also that letter that was saying your scholarship could be could be lost. I straightened up real good. Got on the dean's list. But <laughs> I will say when you're a freshman, especially if you are, and I mean, I feel like this goes for all freshmen, whether you on campus, staying on campus, like in a dorm or something or not, it is important to remember this number one thing. You are not in high school. Nobody is going to hold your hand to do work. They're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. It's like as much as you want it to happen. It's not going to. Um, So college is a different ballgame. So when it comes to your academic career and your academic work, understand that yes there are resources but nobody's going to tell you about those resources if you don't outwardly look for them and if you don't outwardly do your part when it comes to academics um so and uh, along with that first tip which is like you know making sure you're knowing that you're not in high school and nobody's gonna hold your hand it's also important to know that when you're in high school and you fail a class that's free right you can take it over and you can take it over again until you finally pass it, right? You fail enough times in college, they will kick you out completely. That's called academic dismissal, right? So, you know, it's so important. And not only does that affect you not being able to go to school, it affects your money. Because if you are on financial aid and you go to college and you fail out, financial aid going to want their money back. Ooh. Whether you got a refund check or not they're going to want their money back. So your school could have been $5,000 a semester and financial aid gave you $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. You could fail those classes. Financial aid going to be like, I want all $10,000 that back because you failed, right? So that's number one. You're not in high school. 
and academically nobody's gonna hold your hand like high school is you will have to do the work for yourself so that's number one number two i think it's so important to find community when you're in college um especially i was like i said i was a first gen and i went to school in charlotte north carolina which is like two hours away from our hometown you know two and two and a half two and a, two hours two and a half and so my i couldn't just like get in the car and go down the street <laughs> you know like i had to family i had to find community so a lot of times it's important to maybe find that club and org fair or maybe you want to do an internship or maybe it's like find some study buddies or something from class or like I know like I met this a friend I'm still friends with her to this day like I didn't have a book for class because I couldn't necessarily afford the book it was just too expensive she shared a book with me and that's how we became Mm -hmm. friends because like she had the book I didn't have the book and we would study together and we are still friends you know so make even finding your community like that finding those study buddies finding that clubs and orgs um meeting the staff the staff and faculty on campus just to be like hey my name is carmen or hey i'm such and such that's important because when you find your community then you feel like you belong and when you feel like you belong you succeed right so finding the community is very important um another thing is utilize the resources because they free they free like you know like I can't even tell you how many times I gotta push students into tutoring like they like oh I can't afford you can't afford what it's free and you know what I'm saying and a lot of times it's like depending on the campus it's 24 7 as well so resources there's tutoring there's and especially like if you're at a community college like I said community colleges typically have more resources than a four-year program but um, finding those other resources like tutoring, find that like career services. Maybe you don't know what you, I didn't declare my major till I was a, like a junior, like heading into junior year. And that was really because I was forced to. <laughs> I still had no idea what I wanted to do for real, for real. But I chose my major. So like stepping into your career services office, um, what other resources are there on campus? A tutoring, career services, there's like a student advocacy. Sometimes life happens to our freshman students when they're, you know, 18, 19 years old, and maybe they don't always want to tell mom and dad, and that's fine. When you don't want to do that, a cool thing about college is that it's FERPA laws, right? We can't tell your parents what's going on with you at school. So when you don't want to let them know something, but you know life is going on, find that student advocacy resource office that's going to help you. So that's another thing too, just making sure you know the resources that's on your campus and find those resources and utilize them when you need them because they are free. And the last thing I would say for students, um, internships, (laughs) I know like a lot of people would be like, why would you tell them internships? I'm going to tell you why, because though getting a degree for most jobs are important. They also, I've never had nobody ask me, what was your GPA in college? They never asked me that. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't mind telling them because it wasn't like it was bad, but nobody ever asked me that. When I graduated college, nobody to this day has ever asked me what my GPA was, but they have asked me, what did I do? So when you are, though you are in college, that doesn't mean you just don't need to work right or you don't need to have a, a, an internship so whether you are maybe you are a student who has work study that's something that should go on your resume or if you did an internship in the summer like maybe you weren't taking classes but you did an internship in the summer 
that can go on your resume. That way, from 18, 19, 20, you're building a resume before mm-hmm. you actually get into the workforce. Mm-hmm. That's important because nobody wants to see on a resume all you did was go to school. Nobody's going to hire you for that. Else. So I would add that. All of those are great tips, and it kind of goes back to the high school thing. It's like just a restart, how you were like, you know, it starts in ninth grade. They're watching you, what you're doing, whatever, for college. And now in college, it's like, okay, well, you need to be building that for the workforce. And a lot of people run into that when they come out of college with their shiny degree. Mm-hmm. And the job is like, well, you got to have X amount of years of experience. Right. And they're like, well, hire me so I can have the experience. Mm-hmm. So that's a great tip to keep in yeah. mind um, to start at your freshman year. That's so good, Carmen. Yeah. All right. This has been so good. In conclusion, uh, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Um, in conclusion, what advice do you have for parents who are sending their child off to college for the first time? Um, what are some ways they can best support them? I will say I have a coworker who her daughter is in, uh, this is her sophomore year, and I just get to, I love being able to hear their conversations, the questions that the daughter has. Um, she's the mama that's pushing her like, you better go to them free resources you better eat that lunch in that cafeteria, like yeah. all the things. <laughs> so I'm loving to be on this side of it, you know, to hear her perspective as a parent. Um, so just what are some things that parents can do to best support their their baby going off into the new world? Yeah. Again, I say this is hard because I'm not a parent because it's like, I know, I mean, I even do it with the students here where I don't want to let them go, but it's like, they're grown, Carmen. You gotta let them graduate. Um, so I can only imagine what it's like to like see somebody from baby mm-hmm. stage, <laughs> you know, and then now they going off to college. But um, I, but honestly, like, with, this is not like you know, like I said, I'm not a parent. This isn't a parent expert opinion. But I really, truly, always encourage parents to allow their student to self advocate for themselves. Like, so another thing is, again, college FERPA laws. So when a student is enrolled in college, us as staff and faculty, we, we're we not allowed to tell their parent what's going on. Like, we can't. It's against the law. So, <laughs> and so I wish a lot of parents knew that, like, whatever's going on in the dorms, whatever's going on in the classroom, whatever's going on with the financial bill, whatever's going whatever's going on anywhere, you, the parent is no longer the person responsible for any of that. It's the student. So when something is going on in college, you know, and maybe maybe your child does bring it to you and be like, well, this professor, da, 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 allow them to self-advocate for themselves. They have to figure it out, right? Um, another thing I would say is send money. <laughs> Like, you know, they're they going to be broke because they definitely going to be asking. Um, they probably going to be using it on food or mm-hmm. going somewhere, you know, college nights in Charlotte's Thursday. That's where my money was going. But, um, yeah, like, I, I would definitely say let themselves advocate, send money if you can. And then lastly, um, try not to, try not to, like, like confuse what you want from them with what they want for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
say that because like when I was going to school, I think my mom, she didn't push me to do this. Like she was just always say like, don't you want to be like a lawyer? Don't you want to be, you know, somebody in the courtroom or something like that? And in the beginning, I thought, yeah, because I was like, okay, I do like to stand up for people and I do bring up good points when I'm arguing, but I didn't really yeah. like feeling right. It wasn't sitting right to be like, yeah, I see myself as a lawyer, you know? So once I got my mom's mindset out of my head mm-hmm. and was just kind of like, okay, I don't really want to be a lawyer. It was easy for, easier for me to be like, oh, I actually really like people though. So I did sociology because I was like, I really like people. I like studying their behavior. Um, and I did communications because I wanted to be able to learn like how you can, diff- you know, communicate with different people and stuff. So that's what, that's what made, that was my comfort zone. So when you try like, try to get out of your mindset of what you feel like they should be doing and just let them do what they want to do. Cause they may can come be like, I think I want to be an artist. And you may be like, what? You know what I'm saying? But if that's what they feel, that's what they feel. Let them feel that way. No judgment over here. We don't judge students on the staff side, like when they choose to make their decisions. So sometimes I want the parents to do the same. Yeah. So good, Carmen. Such great point. So y'all, this was such a great conversation as I knew it would be. I just want to say I love your personality. I love you as a fellow educator. I'm you know, here for all that you put out on social media and the information that you share and what you're doing for our, um, what is the term under, what is it under? Mm -hmm. Yes. For those (laughs) kids, because we need it. We don't be knowing what we're doing and, (laughs) you know, your advice can really help steer us in the right direction to the right resources that we need to help us be successful and have more successful Black educators and professionals and all the things here in the world because we're they're in us, they're in our babies, and um, we just got to get them to the right place for That's it. Right. That's right. It was it was so great being on here. Thank you for having me. I love talking about like education, college, how to get to because again, I'm just I was that student, black woman coming from low income, first generation from a small town where college wasn't really talked about that or produced. And I'm just like, it it could be us too, y'all. Like we can go, we can, we can do school and excel. So I love mm-hmm. talking about this for having me. Yes. You can tell it's your jam. You can tell this is your, this is your heart. This is your, your zones. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, th- thank you, Carmen. I pray that you have a great rest of your day and thank you all for tuning in with us. I will see you all next week. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.